0: Hello, Brian Castle here. I'm the founder of Clarity Flow, and I'm back with another conversation with uh, a coach. His name is Rich Visotsky. He is a an expert in the world of Scrum. That is, if you're not familiar with it, um, it's a it's a software development uh, framework methodology for organizing and, and communicating with your team in in sort of a different way than the, than the traditional way that um, software. Traditionally has been built. Uh, we get into it a little bit, but don't worry. This is not a super technical uh, code-related <laughs> uh, conversation. What I'm more interested in is Rich's practice as a coach and a trainer. We covered uh, some really interesting aspects here. We we covered um, the combination, the the pairing of formal training um, with coaching. How how training often. Um, spawns coaching engagements and sometimes the other, the other way around, where, where coaching kind of uncovers uh, gaps and some knowledge gaps, as Rich put it, um, which can open the door to new training sessions. Uh, we also talked about um, coaching in a, in a team context rather than just the one-to-one coach-client relationship. In most of Rich's work, he's working with uh, large organizations and uh, IT and, and technical teams and coming in as an outside consultant into these organizations to um, help guide the way as they institute uh, Scrum methodologies. We also talked about um, just that, actually working with large organizations which which may have their own dynamics, different company cultures, some uh, company politics at play, and and how Rich as the coach uh, can sort of navigate that with his clients. and then finally, um, how uh, you know Rich's affiliation with Scrum.org, the organization behind this methodology, um, how he has, uh, he's he's involved there, and how that's actually been um, the community and the platform that keeps him connected to this whole uh, methodology and and coaching practice, and that's how uh, the, the the main driver of of Rich's uh, client base. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of ground we, we covered here. I think it's a, a sort of a unique one compared to my other conversations. so um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Rich Vasatsky. Enjoy. Rich Bassatsky, how are you? I'm
1: well, Brian. How are you today?
0: Doing good. Yeah. Great to connect with you again. Uh, We've, we've spoken a few times over the last uh, year or two. You've been giving, you know, really great feedback on, on clarity flow and the evolution there. And, um, and I'm really fascinated to hear your, your flavor of coaching in the scrum world. Yeah.
1: Thank you for listening to that feedback. It's been awesome changes that have been coming back in too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I mean, this, we're not going to get off into a sidetrack right away, but it's just like so much And I'm sure this is actually pretty related to the type of work that you do with clients, but, you know, as a small shop here with clarity flow and, and evolving the product so much that it's so difficult to like prioritize what, which things should we build next or fix next. And, uh, and feedback from folks like you has, has been uh, really helpful in that process for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. And uh, like, it's, it's just giving that feedback is, it's always kind of, I think, important, right? And, and it's similar to coaching, right? You, you hear something, you give some feedback, you point out something that somebody maybe hasn't seen or heard before. Um, and then it's up to them yeah. to choose what they want to do with it. I think that's that's a really cool and powerful thing. And um, to, to watch you and I guess maybe others um, come along and find some of the same benefits and insights has been neat. So I assume it's not just for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the way that I like to start these conversations off and giving, you know, folks a, a sense of, of what you do and the type of work for clients, maybe an interesting perspective on that is if you can tell a story or two of like, you know, uh, one or two recent clients that you've worked with, um, who are they and 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 what's their experience of working with you? Why? Who? Who? Who is a client and why would they come to you? What kind of work do you do together?
1: Yeah. So um, my my work is a blend of both um, training and consulting. Um, so the, the training side of things, I've been a professional scrum trainer for um, over a decade now, and, and that's usually like a, an inroads with people, right? Um, teach them something that they didn't know about scrum, about product ownership, about um, working on complex problems and just things that constantly adapt and change are un- unknown until you you actually walk there, right? Um, mm-hmm. and and it's cool that to stuff people's heads through all these great ideas and then they say, How do we do it? Right? Like, how do we actually make this stuff work? And that's often where the coaching side of things comes in a little bit more, where um I'm asked to either provide some guidance or or help, even you know, from a pure coaching perspective, reflect back. The environment that I see so that those can take ownership of it, you know, the people that I'm working with. Um, and and so it's been interesting to see that uh, play out with uh, one client of mine, they're an actuarial company here, um, in, based in, in Brookfield, Wisconsin, uh, uh Milliman and Telescript. And I've done some training with them for a while, and the, the coaching side of things has been interesting because we don't actually have a direct coaching like agreement, right? Uh, I've done training for them, but. I do get contacted by people from the classes around well, what would you think, you know, like we're, we're running into a certain kind of problem. What do we do about that? Or they'll tell me more about their overall transformational journey, which is cool. Cause like they're, they're going beyond the scope of things that I do. Um, mm-hmm. but they still come back to ask me for, how does this fit in? You know, what do you see in this bigger picture? And, and I, th- I think that that's really neat, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm still engaging with them in that kind of way.
0: You know, there are so many different uh, little paths here that I want to explore. I mean, w- one is is just so interesting how you ha- it's it's really like the the combination of training, which sort of uh, uh, branches off into coaching after after the training happens. Um, you're also working with companies and teams. Yep, it sounds like uh, I want to I kind of want to unpack that dynamic a little bit. Um, but before we even get there, let's just go a, a little bit more basic. I mean, for folks who are not so familiar with software development um, or technical teams and Scrum yeah. in general. Can you just you know give us a, a quick uh, quick overview on on what that's all about? Yeah,
1: totally. Um, and and Scrum um, it, it was something that kind of came natural to me. I was in software development for um, about twelve years and just used it right. Always worked in a in a fast and adaptive kind of way. Worked on one like really long plan based project and a couple months and I said this is not for me. Like we're just we're not responding to the things that we're learning. And so meaning
0: like up up front, like some project leader wrote up a long detailed document of and of how this big project, this this product should be built, and then everyone just like follows the spec yes. for like a year or, or whatever. Yes.
1: You know? Exactly. And and when you, you know, when you're doing things like like building a building, you, you need you need the spec. If you're doing something repeatedly over and over again, you're trying to to go through the same process, you need a spec and you're going to follow it. But when you're building something for the first time, or when you're trying to understand what it is that your customers need, and, and those could be like, you know, like for your product, right? External customers, Clarity Flow, who's their customers or something, or even internal, right? You're just a let's say you're an HR group and, and your customers are your employees, right? And you're trying to figure out what policies might we use or shouldn't we use like, that we actually want to take away and, and how do they affect our whole organization. There's a lot of stuff that you can plan, and as soon as you know you you present everyone with whatever it was that you decided, that's when you get all this feedback. Ah, oh, we love this. Ah, oh, this doesn't work. Can we have more of that? Right? And and Scrum is just I would say it's just a way to help manage that. Right? You work in one month or less chunks of time to build something that you could put into use. Right? And it doesn't have to be something large. We're not talking like the whole product and and especially in in terms of software process, whatever, you can probably roll out incremental pieces and updates all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Scrum just gives you a framework to have the right conversations with the right people at the right time, to kind of get that shared understanding of where we are, Um, within our developments what we think would be useful to go forward towards next and then really focus in on let's not let's not try to build everything let's focus on building this thing right now and actually validate was it useful and beneficial before we go build something else
0: so really like kind of boiling down what what would seem like a like a mountain of to do's and tasks for a big software product or, or project that needs to be built kind of um you know boiling it down into like smaller chunks, but I guess maybe not. I, I my understanding of it um, is kind of uh, a lot less focus on the rest of the chunks and more of a focused on the here and now, like what's most important first. And let's just take this for a couple of weeks and focus on that. Yeah. There's and learn um, and learn from it and then, and then adapt.
1: It, yeah. And I would say not, not an absent of um, a vision of where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, there's sometimes Scrum actually backfires with teams where they focus too tightly, right? And, and that's actually a problem that I coach a lot of groups with is hey, we just keep getting fed stuff for like right now, and it just feels like everything's changing on us all the time. We don't really seem to have any direction of where we're going. And, um, and, you know, Scrum and just product development in general has the concept of like, what is your vision for this product? And, you know, what goal do you have that you're trying to achieve? How we get there doesn't matter as much as the outcomes that we're going for. So, yeah, that, that same part of what is the general thing we're trying to do. And then, yes, let's focus on what can we affect right now. And then the other decisions, let's let's avoid making decisions until we have to. Is kind of the way it is, mm-hmm. right? So that you don't over put too much work into things that won't come to pass.
0: Got it. Yeah, got it. I mean, I can, I can probably spend the rest of this podcast just trying to dig in on the, on the technical side of, of software development and, and scrum in general. But I think, you know, what's more interesting for, uh, coaches, whether you're technical or not is, um, kind of the interesting way, way that you've sort of like connected the dots. We started to talk about this a little bit off air before we started recording here. Um, so tell me about like scrum.org and, you know, because, behind this methodology there's this sort of like organization like how did you get involved in that um and uh and yeah
1: yeah um that. so scrum.org i i've been like say, connected to for uh, as a trainer for over a decade now um just as well as as a consumer um for another three years before that i believe my first scrum class Um, And I've used scrum uh, earlier than that still, but scrum.org generally has a mission of um, helping teams, uh, people in teams solve complex problems. Um, And I actually work as a staff member for them as well. So it's kind of this bi directional Mm -hmm. relationship, I use their materials to to conduct my business, and they're a client that I help build more things for, um, including um, coaching offerings, which we're leaning into next. Um, Mm -hmm. And It's, it's a, it's a cool organization that is trying to help people just live in, in the world the realm of complexity in the realm of knowledge work and the kind of things that people struggle with all the time where there is no just plan, do this and you will be successful. Um, that's, that's where we work. Um, so, so, yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously you're, you're heavily involved with scrum.org itself. Um, but then how does that sort of like translate to your private practice?
1: Yeah, so from my private practice standpoint, um, it, it mostly translates into me running courses both publicly and privately for um, people. Usually the, the individuals come to public classes, right? You know, I'll get well, uh, singles or maybe groups of three uh, that are coming to public classes and I run a couple of those a year, maybe 10 or so a year. Um, and then private classes where sometimes that's from either a previous client Right, um, who has gone on to a new opportunity? Those are my favorite, because that's just if I'm doing the right thing for them and helping them grow and get you know more out of their situation and take ownership of it. When they have a problem, they might come back to me, and that's that's what I I love about the kind of work that I do and helping me to build mm. my business. Uh, and then sometimes so it's like it's you just... you would
0: work with a client in when they're at one company and then they sort of like move on somewhere else. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I worked with this this really great guy, Rich, who who has who can really help with this sort of problem when they're at. A new organization.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. Cool. You know, like um, I a long time ago, I worked with Scotiabank. Bank, um, so it was a uh, you know one of Canada's big four banks for there, right? And taught lots of people there, worked with a lot of people inside of their their IT departments, um, and one eventually moved on. And he reached back out to me, and he's like, "Hey, working with a new a uh, new company, got another team. Um, we seem to be all talking past each other. Can we get on the same page?" Right, uh, I like. I thought you did a really good job of getting us all through the material in the same way, so that we we had that shared understanding. So, can you do that over here? Right, and and so those are great clients because it's like um, you know they got some success with it, and then they want to help bring that to the the new teams that they're working with.
0: Got it. Can you tell me a little bit more about like what it's like to work with a team? So, I, I'm assuming that these are relatively large companies with many employees, and then they have a large technical team. Yeah. that sort of needs to be all working together on the same page toward, toward the a similar goal. So like what type of situation would come up where, where somebody on the team, like a team leader starts to initiate, like, I think we need to adopt scrum or we need to bring in a scrum expert. Um, yeah. Like what's happening in that dynamic?
1: Oh, um, you know, the, sometimes it comes from the bottom up, which I think is good. Right. Uh, there yeah. is, there's teams that are just saying, hey, um, I was doing this before. I kind of got my manager a little interested. They think that we might be able to, to do this a little bit better either because we want to manage uh, our funding a little bit better. Uh, we're, not, we're not flowing all that well. We're not communicating that well. What can we do to, to help that go along? Uh sometimes it's it's a manager that's kind of bringing it top down. Like I was using this before. Our teams are really struggling. They're not taking much ownership of things. I want to give them the opportunity to actually take that ownership before, you know, handing them work. Um so let's bring that in. Um sometimes it's a like just a big initiative, you know, like we've we did it in one pocket and it should work everywhere. And it, it mm. doesn't always, but that's okay. <laughs> it's the you know, right. they gotta learn what that is. Um and, and so that's usually what, like what brings in the training and then the, the coaching perspective of like, why would somebody engage with a professional to get that kind of help is, as I said, they, they hear something very simple. Scrum guides like 12 pages. If you were to print it out, it's, it's not very large yet the implications in there and what it means to, to take collective ownership of work. Right. And how do we get mm-hmm. people to do that or to lean into the sense of, um, since we've can't have a perfect plan from the start we also don't know how long that plan is going to take and trying to help people understand how that matters less right when you're focused on delivering something of value all the time um there and and hopefully doing that without any end then trying to figure out into the future what is the end date doesn't matter as much right and so mm-hmm. that's just that's a struggle for a lot of people because they bring you know old baggage right or wrong you know whatever with them uh, about a way of working and they just kind of need to experience something a little bit different and work with each other and a little bit different to get there. So that's where I come in from that angle sometimes.
0: Huh, and so like how, what's, what does the structure look like? So, I mean, you you talked about the, the trainings um, and then there's some coaching, uh, you're working with teams, you're working one-on-one, I guess, in some cases, how does it all fit together? Or maybe if you can take us through a typical client engagement, like from start, like, how does it usually begin? And then, and when, do, when are you working with teams as a group? When do you break off into one-on-ones and things like that?
1: Sure. Um, I think the best ones often start off with like one class, right? There, There's a, a group that wants to get together that is looking for um, some kind of training and they they think, you know, if we just get to this this core training will pretty much be good to go. And usually the training opens up so many more windows for them that they have more questions or they get um, excited and they want to produce a lot of change internally, but no one else seems to understand it, right? So they'll bring the next seven teams on for training, right? And so we can all at least speak the same language. That That's kind of what training is to me is we all have this the same dictionary. We all have the same set of tools, right?
0: And that's delivered in like a live... Yes. Workshop sessions, yeah. Work. yeah.
1: So, a lot of those are um uh live you know live sessions, um, virtual or in person. Uh, I used to do tons of in person, I do tons of virtual, uh, which is nice because I go back out that back door and I'm home, right? <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, so usually that that's live, right? So, facilitating a lot of live questions as they're coming up. Um, I try to combine that with additional materials, right? Because if I For me to tell something to somebody that they could watch like seven videos on or go read or whatever, um, I don't know if it's the best use of their time, right? What would be better Mm -hmm. is for them to actually try to consume some of these materials and come with questions so we can talk through those details and intricacies. But also the, the classes are a lot of like, put this into practice. Like here's a scenario, go try something out. Or in one of our classes, I actually want you to build a product as a team and I'm going to act as, like, let's say, a stakeholder there and tell you what I like about it and what I don't like and send you on all kinds of different directions. And you have to figure out how to leverage the framework that we gave you, how to adapt. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that part kicks things off. Um, and then I think what usually you know, plays out nicely there for the next set of engagements is that then we get into some kind of coaching arrangement. Um, to me, the best ones are the best coaching sessions are when a client is willing to take on some ownership. Right. And when we set up an agreement saying like, hey, I'm not here to do the work as a scrum master or necessarily or to to do the work as a developer or product. I'm not going to tell you what direction to take your product because it's yours. Right. The for the best way for this to be successful and for this change to to be sustainable going forward is that you have to take some ownership. And if I'm not willing to get if I'm not going to get that, I'm often hesitant about getting into a situation. Right. Because they they can devolve. I don't know if you if you've yeah. ever talked to anyone else in that kind of situation from a coaching perspective before.
0: Yeah, I mean, um I you know, one thing that I hear a lot from coaches, uh different types of coaches is like the the hesitancy or or just flat out they won't take on clients if they don't feel like the client is coachable. Mm-hmm. Right? Um or, or not receptive to to feedback and change and 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 things like that, which completely makes sense to me. Yeah. Um I I would imagine because I've never I've worked in smaller and and larger companies before, but like very briefly, I've mostly been independent most of my career in very small remote teams. So I'm kind of curious to know in your experience, like how do these large company dynamics and politics and, and like employees and, and their management, and now you're bringing in like an external, uh, Scrum consultant, like, how do those dynamics uh, come into play in your work?
1: Uh, Ah, they come in a lot. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, a a whole lot. I think what's, it's really interesting to see company culture, right? And how different it can be from different organizations and what their background Hmm. is, right? Um, You know, research-based organizations, they want a lot of data before they're willing to make a movement, right? And sometimes we're trying to push ahead saying it would be quicker to put something out there and actually learn from that than to get the research to choose which thing to go do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and or like a manufacturing company, right? I worked within an IT organization for a manufacturing company one time and strict tolerances were kind of worked into internal contracts and a lot of politics about approvals were coming up. Um, and and that can be stifling sometimes when I'm pushing them to go and try something different, right, to, to mm-hmm. go a little further or to to so when i'm acting as a consultant right really pushing that open and saying like you need to go and make a change here or as a coach sometimes i might actually reflect back onto them saying you see why this is a problem right like your own policies are getting in the way so what do you want to do about that right that you're going to mm-hmm. be stuck here or you need to make a change what's it going to be um and as what's the benefit though of me being external is uh, i can push a little bit more right i'm, I'm not part of the culture yep. there I can yeah. I can say the things that maybe people want to say, maybe that they don't want said at all, um, but just to really expose it, so that at least something you have the option of doing something.
0: Yeah, and I really like what you just sort of touched on there, and, and I've had the same sort of approach in like sales conversations or um, or consulting conversations where it's like you don't necessarily need to tell the person what to do or. Or spew a bunch of benefits and and key talking points to them. It's really just about asking questions and guiding them down a, down a path to help them coach themselves in a way, or or help them, you know, uh, verbalize what they know to be true. And and maybe when when they say it themselves and they come to that own conclusion, you just sort of ask the right questions to get them there. Um, it can even be more powerful, and, and they're willing to actually take action on it. Oh yeah, take ownership of it.
1: I, I think my first coaching class eight or nine years ago, I guess, (laughs) now, it was just pure professional coaching. And it was shocking to watch how many times that the the coaches, like we were acting as coaches and coaches all the time with each other, trying to help each other out through problems. And we're all experts in the same domains. Um, so the,
0: the, was this within Scrum or is this other, uh, questions?
1: this was, uh, actually it was a class in the Agile Coaching Institute. So it was still in the Agile space. Um, but it mm-hmm. was with, um, uh, some people that had, uh, worked with coactive coaching, uh, in the past. So, so really, I mean, like a, a professional coaching stance, not, not, nothing about agility, nothing about software, you know, product development there, it's just mm-hmm. working to coach people through things, um, which is great. Right. But it was, because it was through the Agile Coaching Institute, there were lots of actual focus and software focused people coming into it. And all of them wanted to say what they would do or what their experience was or anything immediately upon hearing the story. And that was the one thing we were trying to train out of ourselves is that you didn't have to be a domain expert in order Mm -hmm. to provide useful coaching, but you have to be able to understand how to, to help hold that accountability with someone and how to help them expose and reflect back the problems in different kinds of ways, right? And give them the opportunity to to solve the problem, because they they probably have the skills to do it. Uh, They've just gotten themselves stuck along the way.
0: Hey, just a quick break to tell you about Clarity Flow. It's the software tool loved by coaches and their clients for communicating asynchronously in threaded conversations using video, audio, or text. My team and I designed ClarityFlow for the modern-day coach. It lets you give clients a single place to engage with you and all that you offer through your coaching business. Run coaching groups, cohorts, and communities using our Spaces feature. Create interactive courses using our Programs feature. Build your coaching library with templates and reusable content. And sell access to your coaching programs with subscriptions or one-time payments. Customize colors and connect your domain to give clients a fully branded experience. You can use Clarityflow on the web or our mobile apps for iPhone, iPad, or Android. And connect any other apps using our Zapier integration. Start with a free trial or request a personalized demo and consultation by going to Clarityflow.com. Got it. I mean that actually brings me to something that I, I usually bring up near the end of these calls. Um, and as, as a coach and you're, you're being hired to be the expert, to be the, the guide. Um, I mean, I can't help but think that there must be some level of imposter syndrome that, that comes into play where it's like, well, how, how does this guy, or, or you know, how does this guy, how do you know, have all the answers, you know? Um, but what you just said there, it's like, it's not, it's really not about you. It's about guiding and, and asking the right questions and, Letting them take ownership of it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what, How do you think about that?
1: Uh, I I, I've, I have suffered from imposter syndrome many times throughout my career, <laughs> and probably still do sometimes. Um, but I I've I think there is a couple of things that I've gotten more comfortable with. Um, I've I've been more I've gotten more comfortable in telling people that I I don't know right, but you do, and, and that's mm-hmm. what's important here. Like you know something, and as you just mentioned, if we can work through this together um and you can explain it to me, um, then maybe you'll understand better how to go and do it yourself. It's like, you know, if you're teaching somebody something, you sometimes learn more about it than they do. Um,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So
1: in that sense, uh if you can get if you can figure out how to explain it, sometimes it just it clicks and that's really cool. And I think the the other important aspect um which oh, just popped out of my head <laughs> um <laughs> is uh is telling oh telling just stories. Like I, I have expertise over my experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I have stories that are totally different than, than Brian, than your stories and than anyone that's listening. Um, but we have, we can probably find common ground. We can find that frustrating time where we had an opportunity to go move something ahead, but somebody was just blocking us, right? Over and over again. And mm-hmm. it's just, it feels like you're just pounding against the wall and like, what are you, you're looking for that crack or something in there. Right? And so when I can tell that story, or I can share a story of of failure, right of just um, of being in a review and and suddenly having nothing to show and and standing in front of 70 people and talking that through, right of um, what's it like to to fail in front of in front of the people that are paying for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you turn that into something useful, then that can be something that they can pull back, right when they get into their moment of, oh, I had a story too, right? And so I'm trying to help people come to terms with their own stories a lot of times too is, hey, you're going to get through here and every experience you come uh, into later will probably be different. How do you pull something core from that experience to guide you into the future, to guide somebody else, to help mentor
0: somebody else grow a little bit further uh, and lean into Mm -hmm. that? Love it. Um. Let's get back into like sort of like the structure of of things. You know, between your trainings and the engagement the coaching engagements. I'm curious to know, like maybe in the in the last couple of months or last couple of years, what kind of changes have you have you made or things that you've learned about how you you deliver your services? Yes that that have been like, you know, maybe turning points and, and and you know, things really started to work out. Well, or, like, you know, just a lot smoother once you made these changes in your approach. yeah, thanks. Like
1: I, I think um uh, the a combination of both synchronous and asynchronous has become a lot more apparent to me, um right? Because from a training perspective, I was always doing things synchronously, and I found ways to do it a little bit more asynchronously. But I think the the interesting concept that has come up um is is that when I was coaching people a couple years ago, I was often traveling to their their site. Uh, sometimes I was here within the state. Sometimes I was, you know, a plane flight away. And so I I'm kind of captive, right? I I'm I'm there. I'm you know here for maybe some meetings. I'm here for other times. And I always kind of felt like how is that being used most appropriately by my clients? Um, and because I don't just want to walk in and say, well, I've got nothing to do, so I'm just gonna you know sit in on your meeting and start speaking out of turn, that doesn't help, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe it does, but I didn't feel like it helped. Um, so I often felt like I was not always getting the most use out of the time. Um, so I'd start doing more asynchronous kind of things. So usually it was just email at the time, right? Um, so what can we do in that kind of way? Um, we we're sending documents back and forth to each other with some comments. and so. But there, there is a coaching aspect that comes along into that of, I don't have a lot of time. It takes a while to read and consume these things. Um, so let me go and put that out and then see what, how that sits with somebody. Sometimes it takes them a day or two to figure it out and then they come back. But, you know, the ball is kind of back in their court. And when you're doing yep. coaching, that's really powerful. And um, going virtual that I've felt even more of that, right? Because to sit in on somebody else's meeting in their company for two hours virtually, um, you know, do I do I interrupt and take over everyone's mm-hmm. time you know, how much do I just consume and report back later? And sometimes it's really valuable, right? If if the structure is focused on, hey, we're here to leverage Rich and some of his um, understanding of what he he sees, uh, based off of what's going on around us, or to leverage his expertise, do that. But then the rest of it is, it's better when it's kind of ad hoc, because then people can go and do their work. And when they see the issue, come up, right, you know, and we yeah. respond in time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's, I, I can imagine that it's so um, dependent on, so if you're doing a live session, especially in person mm-hmm. on site, it's so dependent on kind of what's going on that day. And, you know, maybe the the stakeholders involved, they, they might be having a great day. They might be having an off day. You know, you don't like, um, are they, are they busy? Is their mind somewhere else? Um, whereas with asynchronous, it, you know what I, I, I keep trying to verbalize this in different ways, but I of course it's more convenient. You can deal with time zones, you can have more space. But to me it's more about the freedom and the space to consume and think and research and prepare your next response. Yeah. Right. Um so it, it, it there's the convenience factor, but it's also like, you know, Rich just sent me this thing. I'm gonna kinda think on it and maybe take a walk, maybe come back to him tomorrow once I have something really useful to come back to, or as you said, um, maybe putting it into practice in real time. Like, yeah. let's let's wait out the week and see when a situation like this bubbles up. And then that's that's a moment to kind of capture or, or communicate around, right?
1: That that last part I think is really cool. And actually it's it's what I've been spending, I'd say more of my time than less over the past three years doing. Um, I was trying to help Scrum.org establish a program in, late 2018, 2019, and then we started really going into it in earnest in 2020 uh, about like, could we validate the working proficiency of Scrum Masters that we didn't actually work with? Because right? there's Scrum Master, or Scrum.org has a lot of assessment based certifications, knowledge type things of um, how would you answer these questions? That tells us that you know enough about Scrum to be able to you know, be a, a pretty competent Scrum Master, but how have you done it is a totally different thing. And we mm-hmm. started with a lot of synchronous discussions, right? Of just um, asking questions, trying to see what they're doing, learning more about it, kind of getting a sense for yeah, you seem pretty good here, but I'm not so sure. So let me let me ask you some things to go do to prove to me that the things I thought you were good at, you're actually good at. And then I need to expose a little bit more. So let me give you a couple things I want you to do to to kind of tease out Do I have the right opinion, you know, the right opinion here, or can we help you grow there? Um, and what became clear over time is sort of that almost like a front loading of an asynchronous conversation that let's have a synchronous conversation to say, to talk about outcomes and where we might want to go in a relationship Mm -hmm. and then say, Hey, I think here's like four things that you should consider looking at and working on when the time's right. Right. And so it's not even so much of a, that constant delay response, but it's really a, Here's something for you for that when you're ready and you come back to it, like you just said, let's see, let's get our team to go through this for the week and then come back and say, oh, wow, yeah, actually, this really helped. And, but you need to reflect it with somebody, right? You need to get that, that feedback loop closed to say, did I, did I really see that this was as good as it was? And telling that story then back to a coach, right, uh, so that they can help right. you see more in that story is immensely valuable for like that deeper level
0: of growth. Yeah. And, and also kind of like getting it when it's fresh, right? Like this just yep. happened this morning. Let me, let me tell you about it rather than trying to remember back something that might have happened weeks ago.
1: Right? And yeah. For like the next live coaching session kind of thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Just, just tell me now record yourself, mm-hmm. right? Write it down, whatever it needs to be, just so you've got that kind of the evidence captured of what yeah. happened and you're ready to go and, and build upon that evidence in the future.
0: And then the other side of the coin, of course, is is you, right? Like, how are you managing your time, and how like how has that changed as as you as you mentioned, like you recent years that you've obviously moved to a lot more virtual, yeah, um, and this move toward uh, kind of a, a hybrid between the the sync, the live calls and the asynchronous stuff. What does that look like on your end? How are you receiving messages in your inbox? How do you uh, manage your day and your time? Because um, I, I think that's another thing from a lot of coaches who are sort of new to the idea of incorporating asynchronous aspects into their into their practice, it can seem like well now you're opening yourself up to just a barrage of requests and messages. And um, how do you sort of manage that?
1: Um, I'm I'll admit I'm still getting better at it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I think um, what's helped me honestly just being independent from the past seven years. I, I've learned how to. Manage my time, right? How my time is my time, and and that's a really important thing to me. Um, and I think that that maybe looks different for, like I so said, some new coaches um, or or internal coaches uh, if you're doing work inside of an organization and, and you are like a full time job kind of thing. But even then, are you are you really doing like work with other people full time, or are you sometimes reading, trying to to gather you know new information for yourself that might help you? or go to workshops, you know to help you uh, work with others. so so I do a little bit of that every week, right i'm I'm reading various articles, I'm going through books that I've read before just to get a new sense of context. Um, I'm trying to go to different workshops uh, but from the the flow the incoming flow, um, something that I've experimented with uh, is not just respond immediately, right because um, it is asynchronous, right and the world expects, instant gratification on a lot of things. And I try to temper that <laughs> readily by saying, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, by either giving uh, like a service level expectation to say, hey, you know, about 80% of the time I respond within two days, right? So, yeah. but sometimes I'm I'm on vacation or I'm just, I'm in a class or I'm busy doing something. So it it's not always, but you'll probably see a response from me in about two days. Um,
0: you know what? And I, I find that most people, especially, you know, professionals, that understanding is sort of baked in to the act of messaging asynchronously right so i'm not sure i agree (laughs) i mean of of course there you know there are different cases but i mean for example um customer support right if i if i'm using a product and i need customer support a lot of these companies are offering like live chat and this is just a pet peeve of, of mine where it's like if you're offering live chat, I actually want it to be live. Like if I send a message, I would like a response back like within minutes because you're telling me it's it's a live chat. But in my experience, like I generally don't even want to use live chat. I would much prefer an asynchronous option where I can submit a message or send send a message, send an email, submit a form. And I know that by sending that, like I can move on with my day and I'll expect a, a response within a business day or, or two, yeah. you know? Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess like different clients, uh, handle this differently, but I guess just yeah. the nature of it, it's like, you're, you're not there live face to face. It is asynchronous. Right. So,
1: well, and, and I think that that's another thing that, um, that a coach or any consultant should be doing with a client when they're going to get engaged with them. Right. It, mm-hmm. Is starting to set up, you know, um, one just what, what do we agree upon who's really owning what kinds of things? Um, what is our expectation for just sharing information communication, right? Cause like, these are, these are just some core contracts that help us communicate better not are they're, they're there to provide just enough boundaries to make it more effective. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like this is how we will work together, how we will communicate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing that, it, it's kind of important because as well, I, Different countries, different regions have to, and cultures have different expectations on that too. And um, like mm-hmm. I, uh, it, it's more ad hoc and you know, think, But um, I'm I'm constantly chatting with a person um, in Japan who's doing coaching out there, right, uh, for an organization, mm-hmm. and she's talking about the struggles that she's running into just culturally, right, and and um, and she's more integrated with that culture right, than I am. Uh, but uh, to hear that and then you know, the, the, at least for us, the nice thing is she'll put out a message sometime in the middle of the night and if I see it and I have time to respond the next day, I, I will, and if not, at some point, you know, I'll get back to her and we, we kind of, we know that that time zone difference um, is both an impediment and a benefit, right? Uh, especially if you lean into the asynchronous side of things. Whereas if you're, if it's like, I know we're in the same time zone, we should be responding, you should be there. Um, I, that that's a little bit harder I think sometimes to overcome
0: got it got it huh. um as we sort of wrap this up I mean we're recording this uh near you know second half of 2023 of course yeah. folks will be listening to this or watching it at any time but um what are you sort of excited about right now this year looking ahead to the rest of this year any sort of um trends or work habits or New evolutions in the way that you approach coaching with your clients. What, like, what are you really excited about right now?
1: Yeah, I think um, two things are really exciting me. Uh, one is that with all the, the economic turmoil that has gone on in organizations recently, um, it, it's just it's made people pretty pretty afraid, right? I, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to have a job? Can I get a job, right? And and even organizations, can I hire people, right? Because they're struggling with can I work remotely? Do I have to be in person? Do, do we find the right skills? Right. So you see it from all these different angles. And, um, and while I think there's still pieces of that happening, it's starting to, to edge away uh, mm-hmm. at least from, from what I'm seeing when I'm talking to companies that they're starting to stabilize. Maybe they're not hiring right now, but they've got a team and it's a team of some new people and it's a, it's a team of some different of some existing people and they all restructured internally and now they got to figure out how they want to work together. And that's a great opportunity for for them to work through their, their own situation and as well for a coach to come in and say, hey, I'm, I'm not here to, you know, to own this and, and tell you what to do, but I can help smooth this out. I can help you um, get to cohesion a little bit quicker as a team of people um, than not. So I, I'm excited for that. I think that there's going to be a little bit more movement and opportunity in those kinds of places. Um nice. I think the other thing that, that I'm excited for is, um, like I said, with, at least with the work I've been doing with Scrum.org, we're trying to to launch a series of, um, uh, or like a platform of work, assignments, and, and just uh, people that can help support them in a coaching type sense of uh, doing this more asynchronous style of, of learning and development um, to get it to, I guess, um, be okay with the fact that not all learning happens in the classroom right? there's so much learning that happens yep. when you're doing the work and yet you know if somebody can't um, can afford a coach to come in full-time doesn't want to pay somebody to sit there and it's like what are you doing you just look like you're doing your taxes well I am and I'm listening to you it's how you <laughs> stop paying attention to me right <laughs> that kind of thing right. um, to to have this asynchronous way I think can support digital organizations right? um, from around the world right you know so that coaches aren't just limited to, you know, their town, they can really stretch out, um, and benefit people and, and have the whole world be exposed to these great people that can help them grow, uh, in a very proactive way, right. You know, it's by giving some people assignments to go and take their knowledge and just refocus their work a little bit differently, reflect on that and build up this, this kind of portfolio of work over time, right. Almost like a, like you would a, a resume or a CV, but, um, or more likely, um, like an artist portfolio, uh, but of your actual work that you can pull back upon, that you can show evidence of, that you can use to continue to grow in the future.
0: I mean, I just love the idea of like this, you know, how scrum.org has not only put put out these concepts and frameworks and methodologies on, on how to work, but really bringing together a, a worldwide community around this of practitioners, of teams, coaches. Um, and its uh, it, it just seems uh, like a really great thing, you know, because like, you know, uh, team members coming in and, and seeking that guidance and then folks like you there to, uh, to kind of put it all together and connect the dots. Yeah. Um, and I just really love that. I, obviously it's a big focus for, for us at clarity flow, but the, the combination now of courses and training with coaching, um, you know, they, they really go hand in hand. Like you, like you say, like, like training, uh, kind of stems or, or coaching stems off from, from training. It's, it's like a natural extension um, and um, and something that we're seeing a lot with, with coaches taking like uh, personalizing training programs, taking bits and pieces and and matching them up, personalizing them to each client um, and then having uh, individualized coaching off of that. It, it makes total sense. So the the model that, that you do with your clients and with, with uh, scrum.org um, I think it's a beautiful match.
1: Yeah, I think it's really neat to see the the other side around too, right? As, as we advance this current product that we've been working on, um, we're also looking to expand our community, right? We've we've got a great set of people who are experts in Scrum. We have a lot of deep experience in it, and are wonderful at at training and facilitating, you know, these concepts, right? You know, in in very focused settings. Um, but we've always had at our core the concept that we should be working with organizations more directly in a consultative or coaching perspective or actually being you know, uh, hired and, and part of these organizations to drive change from within right, and be a part of it so we know what that feels like, so we have more stories, more experience uh, to push out into the world. Um, and so we're essentially going to expand our community specifically in that area for the people that are focused on mentorship, personal development, coaching, consulting, et cetera, Uh, we want to highlight them more and and give them a platform um, to grow off of in that kind of way so that you combine these things right that you just mentioned training can lead to more coaching because you take a knowledge concept and then you need to figure out how to apply it and then sometimes coaching leads to more training right where you you're already in the midst the midst of something you've been coaching a scenario you know a client Uh, maybe it's a an individual or a team and you realize that there's a knowledge gap so that leads to like you said either Customize individual learning or other training, you know, opportunities for whole teams to get involved with so that they can grow and they, you know, all we are is trying to get people to have a little bit more knowledge about another way of working and then getting them to figure out how to actually get it applied to the work itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rich, this is, uh, really insightful. Thank you for, for sharing everything. Um, we'll, of course, get all of your stuff linked up in our show notes here. I mean, where where can people uh, connect with you most of the time day to day?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, if you're ever in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> you might find me just roaming around in town and uh, uh, at the local breweries <laughs> around here. Uh, <laughs> but, but you can also uh, reach me, um, rich at jointinsights.com. Uh, is there or rich.clarityflow.com <laughs> for uh, my intake oh, there page. You go. <laughs> Um So you can, you can always connect with me there um, and my, uh, my, my website as well. Um, or find me on scrum.org. I'm one of our professional scrum trainers and, and staff members there. So always happy to help out. Um, Reach out anytime.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rich.
1: Thank you, Brian. Great to be here.
0: So that wraps up today's episode of ClarityCast. I hope you're able to get a few nuggets of clarity to help you grow your coaching business. You can watch the videos of these conversations on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to us there. And I'd really appreciate if you'd give the Clarity Cast podcast a five-star review in iTunes. That really helps us reach more folks like you. Today's episode was brought to you by our product, ClarityFlow, Try it for free at clarityflow.com or you can book a free demo and consultation call to see how you can grow your coaching business on Clarity Flow. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.